So Alex, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. I am excited to hear your story and to pick your brain a little. So let's jump in here and let the listeners know what you do and how that is or maybe isn't separate from who you are. Okay, so how it is separate from what I am? Yeah, it might not be separate from who you are, though. (laughs) Okay, so I know we've talked a little bit before this, Rudy, and how I have Capricorn rising. So my first instincts are always to present myself with what I do for work. And it's difficult for me to really summarize exactly what it is that I do because it's so integrative. And I really do incorporate a lot of varied interests. Mm-hmm. Um, some titles that I go by to, um, for my work is I'm a counseling astrologer, holistic cycle educator. I'm an empowerment coach as well as a yoga and meditation teacher. So these are all different <laughs> titles to mm-hmm. encapsulate what I do, but I support people in deep containers of transformation mm-hmm. and to essentially reconnect to themselves and reclaim their power. So I'm, I'm very passionate about my work. Um, and it is part of who I am because this birthed from a need for healing myself. So this entrepreneurial path was not part of my plan. I actually had a career change and my interest in all of these healing modalities were for myself, my own healing. And so, yeah, it's very connected to my path and my journey, but beyond these titles, beyond what I do for work, I'm I'm a human. (laughs) I think Rudy, maybe you can resonate with like having a public presence and what we see on social media and how much that doesn't represent everything that happens behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So I, um, you know, I feel a lot of emotion. I have a lot of interests. I, uh, I'm a friend, a partner, a daughter, a sister. And, um, yeah, I, I have a a lot of passion for learning and um, writing and experiencing life and really approaching every day as if it was my last. Mm. And I'm curious, so you said you had a bit of a career change. So maybe walk us through what that looked like for you. Because I know for me, even just like the Institute of Education, like getting my undergraduate degree, I was always like, that's just something that you do after high school. Like I never was like, hey, what is your passion? But also, I don't think that we know what it is at like that young age, you know? So I, I find my paths have been I mean, it sounds similar to you. I have a lot of different interests and they didn't always fit into these boxes of, you know, work. And I found myself really feeling like rebelling a little bit and feeling like really disconnected. So what was your experience in shifting a career and, and maybe, yeah, what were some of those motivating factors there for you? So Rudy, I can totally relate to your experience. Um, I, so I finished high school when I was 17, I left home, went to university. So I went to Laurentian university in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada, mm-hmm. and it felt like a genuine right step based on like my own <laughs> self-awareness and the choices that I was making from the support in my environment. And so I went on to study speech language pathology or octophony for our francophone listeners. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested. I, you know, I, I love learning though. So maybe that's, that's part of of 
that reason I have Gemini moon. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I went through that and my plan was to have a really secure and valued profession. It was one of the most in demand professions based with the, from the government. And it was, um, yeah, something that I genuinely thought I was interested in until my master's degree, when that coincided with what some people would call a spiritual awakening, mm. which often happens in the early 20s when we start to discover who we are and what we like and what our passions are. And so with this special spiritual awakening, I was obsessed with my own self-awareness and I, that led me to yoga and astrology. And so in my master's, when having having so much on my plate, all I wanted to do was read up on astrology. Mm. <laughs> So gradually, my interest for what I was studying in university started to take the back burner. And all I wanted to do was focus my attention on, like, literally, it's almost like I didn't have a choice. It was like, that's what was calling my direction. And um, it didn't really hit me until I started working in the field um, as a speech language pathologist in healthcare, and how just the system that I was working for was just not aligning with my values. So Rudy, you're talking about like rebelling. Mm-hmm. I felt <laughs> like I was being like, I, I, I was rebelling against the system in some ways. I was a really good worker. I was a valued team member. I was really good at what I was doing, but I just could not understand the demands of the system and how I actually couldn't really support my patients, my clients in the way that I wanted to while taking care of myself. Um, and then also I wanted freedom. Um, but it got to a point where all I wanted to do was provide astrological counseling to my clients or wanted to interpret them based on their astrological information, which of course is not ethical and not part of the scope of a speech pathologist. But overall, when I started realizing that I no longer wanted to learn anything about that field, and I just felt very contracted by everything that encompassed or not everything, because I have a genuine respect for the profession and for our healthcare system in, in Canada. Um, but it was just, there was a disalignment or a disharmony with what my deep self was calling forth. Mm. And as someone who really cares about providing high quality service, as much as a counseling astrologer now, as a speech pathologist back then, the fact that I didn't want to do research and learn more about how to support my clients was a problem to me. Mm. So So, mm -hmm. it was astrology then like your, your gateway into astrology was yeah amazing and I'm just gonna throw this in here because I I just think it's very timely right now just the study of I mean everybody is interested in astrology and their signs and but energy is just obviously so powerful and I mean I find myself even more drawn to just kind of understanding energetically might what might be going on like on a macro level especially you know just as of as of late, all the craziness in the world is what might you say to a potential listener who is maybe a little bit skeptical? Like, where does this, where did the the governing, what is the governing body of like astrology? Like, where does this come from and how maybe can this support us? 
Yeah, so I totally understand the where the skepticism comes from because I was also skeptical coming from a very academic, research-based, science-based background. I mean, I've always been kind of curious in horoscopes. I'm I'm a Scorpio sun, um, so I always like yeah, I'm a Scorpio, you know. But <laughs> beyond the romantic compatibility, I was like, oh, there's no way that this is actually real, um, and how I can have like or have like as much of a, a, a positive impact that I see mm. now. Um, but this has an ancient wealth of, of wisdom. So our, our ancestors, like think ancient humans, like primal times depended upon astrology for survival. So one of the most fundamental components of astrology is the cycle of the moon and the cycles of the sun. So very generally, we know that the sun has an impact on our experience because it gives us warmth and also has an impact on our seasons. And it also governs day and night and the circadian rhythms, right? So we know that when the night, when the the sun sets, there is a natural like inclination to inward, um, inward introspection or retreating and then going to bed. And then when the sun comes up, it has this experience of giving us energy and life force and take on the day. So that's a very, very fundamental component. Mm -hmm. And, um, on terms of a lunar, like lunar astrology perspective, the different phases of the moon had a lot of impact on, our experience as ancient humans. So you can even just feel into your ancestral DNA and what it would be like in the times of the month when we couldn't see the moon and it was pitch black outside versus when it was the full moon or in the light phases of the moon where we could actually see at night. Mm. So, yeah, so some of, so we can feel into more of like those very, very ancient components of astrology to knowing that there are parts of astrology that cannot be proven by science because it illustrates the complexity of the human life experience. So Rudy, maybe we could even try to um, collect data to prove scientifically how we love our partner or family members mm-hmm. and friends. Mm. <laughs> but will we really be able to truly explain that phenomenon of love? Hmm. That's a really good example. Yeah. So this is kind of how I approach my understanding with astrology, because yes, there is some scientific data that we can prove like the moon's gravitational force on the tides and so on. But I've done over 400 astrology readings and the experiential evidence that I have to support Hmm. how beneficial astrology is, is absolutely outstanding Mm. and it actually like I have to pinch myself after sessions to remind myself that this is real Mm. um and so another thing one more thing that I'll say here too I mean there's so much historical stuff that we could talk about to to shine light on the fact of like astrology being repressed and shamed. We're not going to get into that now unless you, unless you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I was saying is I actually can't remember where I was going with that because Mm -hmm. I got, um, okay, this is what I was going to say. When I first got into astrology, I thought that I was very, I thought I was isolated. I thought that I was alone and I felt like I was, I was going like digging and I was being a detective and like researching, picking up all these puzzle pieces. And now after so many years of practicing, I realize how much I'm not alone and how there are 
thousands and thousands and thousands of professional astrologers and astrology enthusiasts in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really not alone. And now I'm supported by like master astrologers and mentors. And there is a genuine community out there. Mm, I love that. So thank you. Yeah. You mentioned um, at the very beginning that you were drawn to some of this healing work because you were interested in the self-healing component. So my second question is, what is your biggest moment of wreckage to wisdom? Yeah, there's been so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think just tying that into that, that specific moment where I was drawn into self, um, self work, that moment of wreckage was when I, I realized that I was, I had gotten myself into a pattern of recurring abusive relationships. And so I quite literally, literally like lost myself. I didn't know who I was beyond my relationships. I didn't really know what my needs and my desires were. Mm -hmm. And then I also started questioning like my, my path with my career as well, because I was just, you know, I was looking into these other facets of life and then myself. And so that biggest, that moment of wreckage was like, how, how important it is to connect to yourself, not Mm -hmm. only in the form of relationships, but anything that has to do with your, um, your experience with the other. So whether that is, um, your work or your friends or whatever material creation that's outside of yourself, in order for that to really be aligned with your desires and your truth, it has to come from inside. So yeah, that's the realization that I, felt lost and disconnected was a moment of wreckage to that catapulted an inward journey of rediscovery and remembering or homecoming. Mm -hmm. And what do you, what do you think really helped you the most in, in those moments in, in that moment of like, well, how did I get here? And just because I very much resonate with that feeling of being lost. I'm I'm sure everyone can. And it is, you're losing yourself. You're not listening. You feel disalignment. You feel disharmony. You're, you know, discontent, whatever it is. And it just, there's no way to separate that from your experience, right? Like, like you said, like it'll bleed into your relationships, your work, your, you know, whatever it is, your create your creativity, we turn off parts of ourselves. So what do you think was really helpful in pulling you out of that? And so you could actually turn that into wisdom as I'm calling it and kind of like more of an empowering, you know, way to, to, to move forward and to shake some of that. Hmm. So are you asking about like the process of reconnection or like something that helped me get like a a spiritual kind of wisdom that helped me anchor Mm. through that process? Well, if you think of right now, if I were to ask you, you know, some people I feel are met with wreckage or they get to their, their bottom and some people choose not to go there. Some people choose to just accept you know, I, maybe I hate my job. Maybe I'm, I'm not in the right relationship, but I'm going to stay for X, Y, Z. And so I feel they don't really turn that 
into a place of, okay, I can, how can I overcome this? Or what is this here to teach me? And how can I Mm -hmm. then turn that into the wisdom part? So if someone were to ask you, you know, you could have stayed in, in that place, you could have stayed in that job, you could have stayed in those relationships. What do you think it is that was able to pull you out and allow you to, to get to where you are today? Yeah. So there was a few things. The first thing is the fact that I have a very acute awareness of mortality Mm. and the fact that like every moment is so precious. And so when I was young, I had always told myself that I always have a, I would always do work that didn't feel like work. Mm. I understand that that is like a different because my work, I love it, but it definitely does still feel like work sometimes. But Mm -hmm. what I wanted was a work that felt like very passionate and not work that I would show up to that was killing the the life force energy out of me that was Mm -hmm. contributing to health problems and all of these things. And so this, this realization like really came to me. I was like, this is, this has been my goal to have to do work that I'm incredibly passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I keep putting this off, it's just going to get louder and louder and louder and louder. Mm -hmm. And so am I going to live my life in this way that is incredibly passionate as if I am going to die tomorrow? Mm. Or am I going to continue living in a way that feels comfortable Mm. in discomfort in some ways? Mm. So this philosophy of like wanting to really make the most out of life and for people who listening to this, who know about astrology, this is like such a Scorpio approach, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really like diving in and like, like moving beyond any of these limitations to be able to really live every moment as if it's your last, Mm. I had to get over fear. Mm. And so this fear and I, so this, this, the, the time between, so another moment of wreckage was when I decided to leave my career as a speech language pathologist. And that coincided with the dark night of the soul Mm. for anyone who might know about that. And I, it was really, really difficult because I had to grieve an identity. Mm. I had to, um, let go of this idea or this plan I had of myself for this safe, stable, um, safe, stable and secure profession that was very highly valued by society and people in my life. Mm. I had to let go of that while also bearing judgment from people in my life who didn't understand the unconventional choices I was making. And then with that, I, there was a lot of emotion and I was very, very scared. So at what point can you really listen to your intuition when fear is in the way, right? Mm. So something that I would like to tell people too, in terms of wisdom in here is that fear, we don't, we fear is there as a way to protect us. It's, it's a very normal invalid nervous system response to any, um, new situation or any situation outside of our comfort zone. And if we're making, taking this leap towards a, you know, very unfamiliar territory, that's not secure. Of course, we're going to have a nervous system response of fear. And so I've had clients, I, I have clients come to me with these similar situations where they're like, I know I need to make this change, but I'm just so scared. And when I tell them that it's okay to feel scared and to just feel the emotion and to take care of yourself in that, there's just a, a release that happens. So it's like, it's really okay to, to be scared in those moments. And so to give myself permission to feel that 
And to know that it's okay to not have it all figured out. It's okay to not be okay in those moments and to basically do the nervous system work required to move through the fear. So self-soothing, co-regulation, and yoga and meditation, breath work are amazing for that. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And if everything ended tomorrow, what is one thing you'd regret not doing? And conversely, what's one thing you'd be proud of leaving behind? Uh, So uh, I could think of so many examples of things that I like, you know, experiences that I still want to do. But I think I would regret not being more present in in time. So, for example, I really care about my contribution to the world. I really care about being of service and holding space for people. But that coincides with also putting a lot of weight of responsibility on my shoulders at times and being really hard on myself and Mm. overthinking, over worrying what I do, which then actually takes away from the moment and all of the abundance that I actually have. And so I think it's like, yeah, the, I regret, I would regret those moments of being super like the, the moments lost of the present moment and seeing what is actually right here, right now, like the perfection of the moment because of being extremely hard on myself, if that makes sense. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And I, I relate so much to that um, because I think as having, you know, work and an internal kind of intuition that guides you towards that healing work with others, it feels not like an obligation, but you really do feel because you're so connected to it, like you have to meet at that highest level and really show up and really make a difference. Um, and I know for, for myself, that is such a, such a powerful motivating and driving factor in my life, especially because I don't believe, I think everyone has the capacity to do similar work, but I don't think everybody is here and called to do the same work. Um, I think we're all here for that. You know, we're, we're called to our purpose there. And I sometimes feel the pressure of like, I'm the only one who can do what I'm doing. And so if I'm not doing it, or if I'm having a day where I need to shut off and I'm battling myself or something didn't go according to plan or the way I think it should have gone, or I'm trying to reach to that next thing. Sometimes it really feels like, oh my gosh, I've got the weight of my weight of the world on my shoulders. Like I got to do this for, for everyone, you know? Totally. Especially to what you were saying, if it births from a very intimate part of you and it's yes. like an extension of you <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, I can have a very strong impact on people's lives like this. You know, yeah, for sure. It's like it can be really difficult to separate from that. Mm-hmm. And then again, it takes away from very precious moment of like enjoying life. Exactly. Well, and also we're, we're also, yes, as much as we've got this idea of this work that we have to do, we're also here to live our lives as well. (laughs) Yeah. And be human. Exactly. And so the second part of that, what's one thing you would be proud of leaving behind? Yeah. So it's like the other side of that regret 
Mm. It's like the fact that I do work super hard Mm. and I have taken the leap. Mm. I have like, I have created this reality for myself Mm. that I had no idea when I was in those moments of fear and like not understanding what I was doing in that dark night of the soul moment in those moments, I, I persevered and I trusted, I did my inner work. Mm. And even from that, that first moment of wreckage that I was talking about in the relationships, like I, I put an end to those patterns Mm. and I became utterly devoted to myself and creating a life that was aligned with my deep self, my truth. Mm. And so I'm extremely um, proud of the fact that I'm able to, yeah, that I, I, I have become the artist of my life and have created these, um, offers and this way of making a living that is really passionate. Um, and that I take really seriously, but that also is just so nourishing and fulfilling for my soul. And what's one lie you believed about yourself for too long? <laughs> Again, there's like so many, right? Mm-hmm. But one of them is that that I can't rest or if I mm. slow down and retreat that I'm falling behind and that I can't survive and make it in this world without, you know, being on that same rat race or, you know, um matching those expectations of society. Mm. So for me, like you were saying, Rudy, that sometimes it can be difficult to like put these things aside, like your work aside, and then just take a day to rest and like recuperate with yourself. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, so weaving in men- the menstrual cycle now, because I do holistic cycle education. And so this also started for my own journey to like reconnecting to myself mm-hmm. is that my, the rhythms of my, my cycle help me have um, a balance between work and life and resting and going out into the world. And for me, that has been a huge key in my ability to, to birth these, this reality, but also while meeting my own limits as a human, as a menstruator mm-hmm. and to be kind to myself. Um, yeah. And would you mind, I, would you mind going there for a moment and talking about how the cycle awareness, um, helps, helps you in that? Um, cause I think this is a really, really big one. Um, the need for rest, but the, the kind of the resistance that we feel in the world. And I truly believe that we're I don't want to say that we're getting worse as a society, as a culture, but I definitely think that we are harming the ideas and the notions around resting and listening to our internal rhythms and what we need. And honestly, the, the moments where we can actually rest and, and recuperate, those are the places where we actually end up leaping further forward than we would have if we're always pushing and always thinking we need to do more. So could you maybe share just a little bit about that part of your work and maybe how, yeah, how that's really helped you? 
Yeah. So, and just to tie in what you were just talking about, like we can't create a life that aligns with ourselves, like our deep self or truth, if we're not stopping to tune inwards, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. So before my spiritual awakening, um, and before, yeah, before I was reconnected to myself, like I was lost because I, I didn't like what I was doing was not aligned with myself. And I was constantly on the go, very ambitious, very driven, very productive. But then how does that leave any time for you to actually listen to your intuition or cultivate a relationship with that mm-hmm. part of you? So there's different parts of the cycle that are prompted by hormonal changes. And we're only talking about the menstrual cycle. There's also Mm -hmm. cycles in astrology, the cycles of like astrology is the study of the cycles of life. And so on a macrocosmic level, the cycles represent what happens in the menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. And so if we're just going to strip it down to the basics on a hormonal level, um, the shifts in the, in the, in the hormones prompt different energies. So for example, in the first phase of the cycle, which is called the follicular phase, you can also call this like the expansive phase, the hormone that is dominant is estrogen. So as estrogen builds from after menstruation all the way up to ovulation, there's this feeling of energy rising and it's calling us to essentially get out into the world and step into the world and be more of an active agent with the world. And so this is like the time of the month to like really work with that rhythm. Then in the second phase of the cycle, which is called the luteal phase, uh, also known as the contraction phase, you actually have a descent in energy as estrogen drops and progesterone rises. Mm. So progesterone is the progestation hormone. And so it's literally getting you to rest and digest. Mm. Um, and there's so many different implications that energy literally reduces. And so people feel like things are slowing down a little bit more. We get a little bit more tired, more analytical, more sometimes like more focused even. But essentially that descent is calling us to return to ourselves and prepare for menstruation, which is like the lowest point of energy in the cycle and calling you to tune into the wisdom within. Hmm. Right. So what happens is that This is what I see time and time again with clients is that for most, the expectations stay the same and it's that of the peak point of energy or the expansive phase. Mm. So what happens is that they try to stay with the same same expectations in like every area of life, (laughs) but then it clashes with their natural rhythms. Mm. So you can imagine what that would be like on a psychological level and for like mental health, but also on a physical level and what that does to your, the health of your body. Mm-hmm. So my work really has to do with educating menstruators on these natural rhythms so that they can live in harmony with them. And as you said, Rudy too, is that once you actually take time to pause and rest, you end up actually going further in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this process of reconnecting to your cycle, and I'm saying reconnecting because unfortunately, most menstruators have not been educated about their rhythms. And so they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, beyond, and having to do backtrack work. Mm-hmm. And so reconnecting to that is like, like literally connecting to your own inner wisdom, 
which has an, a positive impact on every area of life. Mm. Yeah. And what is your definition of connection? For me, it's a remembering. Mm. Um, uh, it, it's a homecoming. And so if you were to just weave in this this story that we were talking about with like feeling lost. It's like a, a journey to, yeah, like recalling essentially what was there the entire time mm. and having that line of communication reestablished. Mm. And so where, you know, we've been talking, especially we're for like self like inner work and self-awareness, self-discovery. For my experience is this, this connection to yourself. So, you know, we do all this work to like reconnect to ourselves. You know, we connect, we remember, we are home within ourselves. And then we understand our connection to everything around us. So there's this, like, I almost like the vision that I have right now is a web and when we can connect and remember, it's like these, these strands of the web become illuminated or like connected, almost like synapses in the brain. And, and there is, it, it works in harmony. So when we do this connection, whether it's through, you know, embodiment work, through yoga, meditation, breath work, or through soul level work and self-awareness through astrology or really reconnecting to your natural rhythms, the cycles actually remind you of the cycles of nature. So the seasons, and so you have a, a more harmonious connection with the earth. Then you connect to the experience of other people. So when you connect to your own cycle, you start to imagine, or you start to realize that there's actually 800 million people menstruating daily, <laughs> right? Some of which have very, very difficult experiences based on multiple reasons, including the systems of oppression in place. Mm. And then you see your bigger connection to the cycle of life and the fact that as we go through, you know, these connections in our cycle, we actually connect to different phases of the feminine archetypes Mm. and a greater spiritual connection to the universe by understanding the cycles. And so I think for me, if I was going to distill it, like it's a feeling of love Mm. and connection. Well, connection is connection, but a feeling of love in that connection Mm. and the feeling of being. Mm. Mm. And for, for any listeners who don't have a menstrual cycle, how can how are they regulated and affected? So I can't see, I can't speak directly on the experience of men or people who don't have um, female reproductive organs. I do work a lot with um, people who either don't menstruate for whatever reason, whether that's for due to postmenopause or having hysterectomy, birth control, mm-hmm. um, But then there's also people who are transgender and who take hormones, for example, or people who just whatever reason that they can't, they don't have a regularly accessible 
cycle to work with on a biological level, they can work with the moon. Mm. So the moon's rhythms reenact the rhythms of the menstrual cycle. Mm. And for me, before I reconnected to my natural cycle, I wasn't bleeding because I was on birth control. And for me, it became important to reconnect to my cycle. And so before I was able to do so, I worked with the moon. Mm-hmm. And so astrology is actually what connected me to the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And you can literally reenact those rhythms based on the different energies of the moon. So for example, the new moon phase, when the moon is dark and is not illuminated, so it's dark in the sky, that's, that marks the beginning of the lunar cycle. Mm-hmm. And it coincides with day one of menstrual cycle. Uh, or day one of menstruation. And so sometimes I just want to also speak that sometimes it's very normal for menstruators to not bleed on the new moon, mm-hmm. which is like a, a story for another time. <laughs> so the new moon in the lunar cycle is the beginning of the cycle. And then the full moon is that peak point of energy. Mm-hmm. So people have found it really beneficial to use those as anchor points in their monthly um, lifestyle to check in with themselves and to even embody more of those um, expansive and contracting poles of energy and to find a little bit more balance in their lives Mm -hmm. and to have also a connection to something outside of themselves and have an anchor to like a spiritual anchor to to hold them through so much of what is out of our control and really mysterious in life. Mm Uh, alternatively, there's also people who can use the moon as just like a map um, because so, what they'll, they'll find is that, okay, well, maybe they're, they they might not have the menstrual cycle, but then they look at the moon's phases and they don't really realize, they don't feel that their lowest point of energy is necessarily on the new moon, mm-hmm. but intuitively they might feel it on a different phase. And so you can use the moon as a framework or a map simply just to understand your own inner rhythms. And I have found as well that my partner, who is a man, he he aligns with my rhythms and understands how to find balance just through his intellectual understanding of how my rhythms work as a menstruator. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody, our families, our communities, our workspaces, our our entire society, the collective can really benefit from understanding how the rhythms of menstruators functions to have more of that, yeah, the harmony between being and doing, like pushing and receiving and, mm. and all of these things. Mm. I'm so happy you brought that up as well, because yeah, I, I was going to mention that it's even if you, if you're in a relationship with, you know, your partner's male and he doesn't, I just, there's such a disconnect. I find men yeah. are disinterested or they think it doesn't affect them. Um, and that's, I'm kind of saying that as uh, on a general level, but it's so helpful, so beneficial if you can work with your partner's rhythm and understanding maybe what's, what's going on and it, and it's deeper. And I think Mm -hmm. that's very powerful and such a, like such a great way to connect as well. Um, oh, oh yeah. I love that you use that word connect. Yes. Such a great way to connect. Circles. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. It has improved 
my relationship with my partner so much. So it's not only like helped me reconnect to myself, but it's Mm -hmm. deepened the connection with my partner. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more harmony because he understands where I'm at. And he's like, very attuned to my rhythms now to the point where like he sees things that like before I do sometimes in like my behavior (laughs) and like my lifestyle even my energy I love that Um, I I will say one more thing about tapping into rhythms that is kind of is more universal to humans if that's okay yeah absolutely okay so the menstrual cycle like the monthly lunar cycle of the menstrual cycle is something that's really practical because it's something that can be easily integrated into our lifestyles. And it's also very, like, very human, right? Especially mm-hmm. for people who do menstruate, it's something that literally happens on a hormonal level. Mm-hmm. But universally, um, tapping into the fact that astrology is the study of the cycles of life, every planet in our solar system has a cycle. Mm. And every planet represents different areas of psychological development. So, yes, we have the lunar cycle that functions on a 30-day cycle. But then we also have, for example, the cycle of Saturn, which happens, which has a cycle or an orbital cycle of um, between 27 and 30 years. Mm. So there's this, there's this cycle that a lot of astrology enthusiasts know, but there's a bad rep is called the Saturn return. And so <laughs> have you heard of it before? I just, it's so funny, but just, yeah, bad rap for sure. I'm like, why have I heard of that? And why does it not make me feel good inside? <laughs> yeah, It's a period of time that marks like the transition between youth and adulthood. Mm. And everybody will experience that at a, it goes exact at age 29 and a half ish, but it starts you start to feel around 27. Mm. Um, but that coincides with another cycle. <laughs> I could go into <laughs> so many cycles. <laughs> but there's these different cycles that happen to everyone that, mm. like I said, prompt different levels of psychological development. And in this mm. case, with Saturn, the Saturn cycle, it's a big period of inner maturity and mm. getting real about what you want in life and making it happen. Mm. So there's a there's a big thing that happens at age 27 called the progressed lunar return, and that hap- that really compels people to connect to the inward life and get to know what do you actually want, like what do you what are your aspirations, mm-hmm. what vision do you have for your life, and so there's a big big calling towards like emotional intelligence and intuitive uh, exploration at that age, mm-hmm. and then at age and this prepares you for the Saturn return at age 29, where it's like, okay, this is how I'm actually going to birth what I realized into the outward world. Mm. And so there's a reason why people often have um, like identity crises and um, where career and work starts to be a really big concern at that age. And it's Mm. coincides with these cycles, like these astrological cycles. Mm. So you can imagine this cycle repeats itself. So it happens again in the following 27 years. So we'll have our second progressed lunar return around age 55. And then we have our second Saturn return at age 59. So this just gives you a perspective of like, we've just talked about two cycles here. There, mm. There's nine planets in our solar system. <laughs> and there's, there's, like so, much, there's so much more. Mm. And so for people who are interested in understanding more of those, um, those cycles that coincide with 
development, different periods of development, but also knowing how to like feel supported in that, they could really benefit from working with a professional astrologer. Mm, I love that. And before we let you go, what are some, if you have any upcoming offerings or if someone wants to dive a little deeper and maybe pick your brain on some and on anything that we've talked about today? Yeah, so I have many different offers. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to make different offers to be accessible to a variety of people. So um, we're recording this in July of 2021. So currently I'm doing monthly astrology for self-care group sessions. Um, so we're following the sun's journey through the zodiac sign, the zodiac signs. And this year, the zodiac year year ends in March of 2022. So if anyone's listening in that time, then I would welcome them to join. Um, otherwise, I have two signature programs. Um, my next opening for enrollment is for my course, Empowered Women Rise. So this is like the ultimate reconnection and reclaiming program um, where I really take you through a journey through the cycles of life with a holistic approach to the menstrual cycle. Mm. Um, And it really takes you towards healing the repressed feminine. It's like, it's like extremely powerful. Mm. Um, So that's reopening at the end of summer 2021 and will be opening for enrollment for fall winter sessions. But otherwise, I also have like a free Facebook community. It's called the Wild Woman Collective. And I always am creating something new behind the scenes. So um, people can always keep in touch with me on my website or social media. And I'm also generally always available for um, astrology readings. I got to do one (laughs) of those. (laughs) <laughs> yes oh I, I took a peek at your your chart and I'm like wow I can just feel your energy oh I'm fiery I know <laughs> yeah I am hey, very you have a Scorpio energy too Scorpio rising if I, I do? remember correctly I, I did not know that yeah I think so so good yeah we gotta do a reading <laughs> let me know when you're ready absolutely <laughs> I'm in <laughs> uh Alex thank you so much for all of your insights today for being open and for taking the time to chat this has been such a great conversation mm, I've had so much fun thank you for holding space for us and thank you for all of the listeners who are tuning in mm, amazing I'm sure we will reconnect again soon <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Take care. You too.